Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Entire life since, what, 1994, 95, when I hear Welcome to the Machine by Pink Floyd, I think of John Dewan. John Dewan, the founder of Stats, Inc. and Baseball Info Solutions, joins us right now on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. On the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. John Dewan, good morning. Welcome back to the score airwaves. How are you? I am great, and it's so cool to hear that music. Uh, <laughs> you guys made that my theme song, and I love it. Oh, man, it, it, it's amazing. I, was, was it Wednesdays? I mean, for those who don't know, you came on once a week with Mike Murphy, and Murph did evenings on the score when they existed because uh, it used to be when the sun went down, the radio station would cease to exist. And then there was a period where when the sun went down, the radio station would go from 50,000 watts to 5,000 watts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was, it, was it Wednesday nights, John? Oh, it was different days, different nights. Uh, when we first started, I think it was Friday night's drive time, which was the best ever. 
time. And then Murph was the best. You know, I did a lot of interviews back then. I mean, literally dozens of interviewers. And Murph was the absolute best. He got it. He was able to interact with the stat of the weeks that I came up with. And actually, a lot of them were his ideas. He said, hey, how about researching this on the Cubs this week? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. That's great. I love that idea. Hmm. Yeah, he, he was the best. That's, um, it, that, that's cool. And, and, and you really you opened a lot of people's uh, eyes to stuff. And really, the, those conversations were, were ahead of what eventually happened with kind of a statistical revolution in terms of the group think around baseball and what happened with Moneyball and valuing on base percentage and, 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 and all these different things. So I think you, I think you helped push the conversation forward um, in your career quite a bit, John. I hope you feel that way. Well, I do, and I had a lot of help. I mean, uh, yes, you're right. Three Moneyball – we had a real hard time getting teams interested in our analytics. And uh, once that came out, they got it. Uh, so my partner and I, Bill James, uh, we just kept, kept coming up with the good stuff. And I had the great opportunity to share some of that with, uh, with score listeners. Yeah, I, so I loved in our conversation the other day, I was talking to you about the fielding Bible and what you guys do with defensive runs saved. And, you know, that's one of the go-tos that, that broadcasters will share, that analysts will look at, that fans can, can look at. Um, and and I, I was saying to you, yeah, it, it feels like it's a real step forward from the other stuff that we used to use, like uh, UZR or UZR150. And then you said what to me, John? <laughs> well, I said, well, I invented that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's unbelievable. So, I mean, so so tell me some other stuff that that you've invented along the way. UZR and DRS, but like, tell me some stuff that 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 is part of part of the stats universe that we just talk about. That you're like, oh yeah, that's mine, or that one's mine. Well, in the '80s, along with a uh, reporter from the Tribune, I invented the hold. <laughs> <laughs> for for relief pitchers who weren't the closers, you know, the closers had the save, so we came up with the hold so that, you know, we get some credit to the relievers who come in before the closer. So there's another one that I invented. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's pretty great. That's pretty great. Um, yep. But, yeah, DRS and then um, all the analytics we did on defense, you know, I did all this these analytics on the shift. And uh, so I started uh, sharing with teams how shifting players really will make a difference defensively. And um, so, so they outlawed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, so, so baseball info solutions, do, do you still partner with just certain teams and not, and not other teams? How does it work these days? Oh yeah. We got up to well over 20 of the 30 teams. I don't know the exact number now. Cause I've cut back on my work there. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially retired from my work, even though I, I still own part of the company, but um, I retired from my work with, with baseball info solutions. And uh Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the shift analytics were something that made a real big difference, and then they outlawed it. But there is a, a rule that I really, really love that implemented this year, and that's the pitch clock. It's the, one of the best rule changes in the, in, in the history of the game, frankly, because 
the time of the game was just going off the charts. So my stat of the week is <laughs> two hours and 38 minutes down from last year's over three hours, three hours and three minutes last year, the year before three hours and 11 minutes for the, for the average time of a nine inning game. So I just love the pitch clock. It keeps the game moving. I, I, I'll tell you, I actually watch more baseball than I ever have this year because, you know, it stays engaged. It stays, it keeps going, you know, back in the, you know, like in the twenties and thirties, the the time of the game was, was in the, you know, like an hour and 50 minutes, like just under two hours. Mm -hmm. But the key differential, not only is the time between pitches, but the number of pitches used. So back in the twenties and thirties, there'd be about 1.8, 1.9 pitchers per game. Now we're, you know, we got four, 4.2 down from last year's 4.4. So, you know, you make those pitching changes, it takes time. Um, But now at least they're, they are, they got the pitch clock and the three batter rule. Each pitcher has to face at least three batters. So that helps too. Wow. We just got a stat of the week from John Dewan for the first time (laughs) on the score. I mean, when's the last time we had a stat of the week, John, when'd you stop doing it? Well, Murph and I worked together for, 20 years um and so we we did a lot of the weeks together amazing so. <laughs> amazing um it, it's and so we still have our website uh stat of the you can still get them so we're still doing them yeah I'm, I'm right there looking now and i see that mark simon who uh who works with you is over there mark does tremendous work i'm in touch with him um wanted to meet him at the saber conference um but didn't get a saber seminar but didn't get a chance to uh, but, yeah, I, I see the stat of the week right here that you guys do every week. Total runs leaders. It's Shohei Otani and everybody else. It's, it's Mark's, oh, yeah. it's Mark's yeah. way of showing how viable is Otani just offensively? Ju- just offensively? Um, more than Acuna? That, that's staggering. It's staggering. Then you add his pitching in, and it's just off the charts. He's, you know, that's another stat I invented, total runs. And it just takes into account a player's contribution. And when you pitch and you hit, you are like taking two roster spots Mm. and you're making all the difference in the world. So, um, so yeah, he's so far ahead. He's light years ahead of the next guy. What do you, what do you love to look at these days for value, individual value of a, of a player? I, I, I mean, you've created a bunch. There are a million things out there. If you were to try to quantify and, and, and let us know how good a player was, what would you point to statistically? So total runs, I think, is the best number, but it's not as available. You have to go digging for that. Um, ever since OPS came into being for a, a batter, that is the single best numbers to evaluate. Of course, it doesn't take into his account is base running and defense, mm-hmm. you know, so OPS plus DRS probably are the best numbers for a hitter who plays the field. And then for a pitcher, it's opponent OPS. So if you can get opponent OPS on a pitcher, which is, is available on various websites, that's the single best numbers, but you know, ERA still isn't too bad. Um, there's, you know, there are some problems with the ERA that it doesn't measure what the pitcher behind you does to affect your ERA yep. uh, or what the pitcher did ahead of you. Um, so, but ERA still, that's, you know, one of the better numbers invented 
in baseball that goes back a long, long time. Yeah, that's kind of fun that that's that that goes back that far, and it's still it's still useful. Um, do you what 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 numbers have have lost significance for you that are still used conversationally too much? Batting average is just not very good. I mean. It doesn't tell you much. You know, a guy could be hitting 300, and it means nothing. It, you know, if he has no power and no on-base ability, that 300 doesn't help you much. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, fielding percentage is totally useless at this point. <laughs> that used to be the only number for, for evaluating defense, and so that's that's – you know, don't even look at it. Yeah, no, is it field because fielding percentage is just like how many times a ball came to you and how many times you make what they have scored an error, what they've decided is an error, right? I mean, that's that's a, that's, that's not that's not useful. That's right. I mean, if you you make a couple extra errors, but you're getting to you know 15 more balls than other fielders are getting to, mm-hmm. well, there it is. I mean, it doesn't. A couple errors don't hurt that much. I mean, they can hurt a lot if it's at the wrong time, of course. Like those in the game the other week with the White Sox when the third baseman made two throwing errors on consecutive plays to, to let the White Sox win in the ninth inning. That was that was incredible. John Dewan is watching White Sox games. But oh, you better believe it. <laughs> I might be. Am I the only one? <laughs> well, last night Cubs fans were watching, hoping that they beat the Brewers. You know, I know two close games, uh-huh. two close losses. Oh God, the Brewers. All right, it's, all right so you, you you mentioned we started talking about the defense. I've always I've always thought of certain stats as not really just stats, but kind of quantifiable scouting. You know, where it's like, and it used to drive me crazy that scouts would push against metrics when some of them are just making their jobs easier. Like you can just say, here's what we have. So how much of the work that you've done in defensive uh, analytics is a version of quantifiable scouting where you're trying to put a number on what it feels like to watch a guy play? Well, that's a very good phrase. I haven't heard that phrase. That's a good phrase. Quantifiable scouting, because that's exactly what it is. It's it's it doesn't replace the scouts, by the way. Um, it was interesting after Moneyball came out. There were probably fifty to a hundred scouts around baseball who lost their jobs, and it was like it went the other extreme. They, were, they everybody was saying, "Oh, we're just going to use numbers. You can't just use the numbers." Um, but you know, you need your scouts, you need your numbers and, you know, I'd say it's pretty close to 50, 50, you know, in the past, it used to be, you know, 95, five, the scouts versus the numbers. I'd say it's a 50, 50 thing. Trust your scouts, trust your numbers and compare them. And if they're different research, ha, there you go. Yeah. Research, try to figure out why. You know, exactly. Cody Bellinger is the best player in town. Um, and oh my gosh, I it, didn't see that coming. After the last couple of years that he's had, I'm with you. It, it felt like this guy's done. Yeah, I, I, he, I, oh, he has such a different stance, right? He's got that straight up stance, and you, you could see where it's so different that it might be, you know, catching up to him. But you got to give him all the credit in the world. And the Cubs this year. I did not see this coming either. He's great. They, I mean, the team is great this year, and, and so is Bellinger. Well, you know, I bring him up because, you know, if you go to Cody Bellinger's baseball savant page, 
Um, there, there's a lot more red now than there was a little while ago. But, like, there was a lot of blue. And still, hard hit percentage, he's 10th percentile. Average exit velocity, he's only 18th percentile. So I know for a fact that there are, like, conversations that, that, that I've been in on where it's like, all right, how is this possible? How's this guy been, like, putting up these incredible numbers and you watch it and, and yet he's not hitting it as hard. That's a moment where you're using the quantifiable scouting and you're using the numbers, but you got to do some research and dig deeper and figure out what's going on here. No, that's exactly right. Um, I, I, those numbers surprised me. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know about those. You're saying that Bellinger is at the lower end of hard-hit balls and hard-hit velocity. Yes. Velocity. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? So, and then I talk. Yeah, he's having a fantastic year. So you can see that there's more research despite all the numbers. Yeah. And despite the numbers, you still need scouting. There will, there will never be a time when we've run out of things to, to try to analyze. Yeah. Uh, as my partner, Bill James, put it, Think of an iceberg, how little of the iceberg is above water. Mm-hmm. And we got our little toothbrush and our little baby pick, and we're picking away at that iceberg with our our baseball analytics. And yet there's all this that we haven't seen yet. So it will never end. It, you're, 100 years from now, there will be, uh, the score will still be playing. <laughs> Welcome to the machine. <laughs> have someone come on with the analytics. Oh God! And, and maybe it'll be you, John. I mean, don't let, <laughs> we can hold out hope. Um, hey, your partner Bill James. I know that Murph believes this as well. Bill James ought to be on. Ought to be in baseball's Hall of Fame, don't you think? Well, there's no question. There's no question. The the revolution that he led and all the disciples that came from looking at his work. I mean, it is, and it's not just in the field of baseball. It's in all kinds of fields and industry where they're saying, hey, wait a minute, Bill James did this in baseball. We should apply some of those analytics, you know, to our world, you know, whether it's some business or engineering or whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah. he's he, I totally agree. He is, and he's going strong, man. He's still doing all kinds of research. He, he's nonstop. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Um John Dewan um, has now transitioned to uh, give back mode, as you call it. And the Dewan Foundation is doing all kinds of stuff, providing hope and a future to those in poverty by supporting organizations that help people to help themselves. That's that's pretty remarkable. What's uh, what, what what's going on with the Dewan Foundation that you're passionate about right now, John? Well, thank you for mentioning it, Matt. Uh, yes, we are so thrilled with what we're doing with the Dewan Foundation. Um, my biggest projects, I've worked on a dozen solar panel projects in the last year and currently have four projects in the Chicago area working with schools in income-challenged areas. So two on the west side of Chicago, one on the south side, and one in Waukegan. And what we're doing is trying to bring solar panels so that, you know, first of all, it's it's so important for our environment. And look what happened in, in, in Maui and in Hawaii. That is a total climate emergency thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I just really believe in getting solar panels at Illinois, by the way, for, for all, anybody who lives in the state of Illinois, Illinois is the best state in the country for solar panels. They pay back 
very quickly uh, if you install solar panels. So. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. Well, DewanFoundation.org is how you can find out more about uh, what uh, what John's doing, what the foundation is doing, and you can donate there. And you said it, statoftheweek.com is sportsinfosolutions.com. And, uh, boy, J- John, I-, I could talk to you for, for hours about this stuff. I think it's a, a fascinating realm of, uh, of baseball, which-, which we all love. And your personal history with the radio station is really special, and it's-, it's wonderful to reconnect to it here. So thank you so much. Well, very cool, Matt. Thanks for, for getting a hold of me, and um, I-, I love doing it. Thank you so much. You got it. You got it. That's John Dewan. He invented the hold. He invented UZR and then eventually defensive runs saved. I don't look at total runs very much. Another one of his inventions that he stands by and believes is really good at uh, quantifying excellence for a baseball player. That was fun. I bet you Chris Kampka was listening because Chris Kampka is part of, uh, of everything that has come after, after Bill James. You know, Chris Kampka is a tremendous statistics person who comes on with us every week and we get camp connected and we will do so later in the hour. Um, And and I saw Chris at that Sabre seminar, not just nerds, people, but the best nerds, baseball nerds, my favorite kind of nerd. It's 670 the score. Phone lines are open if you want to hop in and react to any of that or get in on anything else you'd like to. We'll talk to Chris Kampka later in the hour. Top of the hour, we've got a lineup change. Jim Deshays stepping in. Ryan Sweeney, a late scratch. Um, I believe it's hamstring tightness for Ryan Sweeney, mm. a, late, a, a late scratch. And J.D. loosening up, the big left-hander. Loosening up, and uh, hopefully he's limber in about 38 minutes when he joins us as we are live on Marquee at the top of the hour. It's hit and run on 670 The Score. We're back. Way back, 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 way back, way back, 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 More Hit and Run, Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score. Bellinger, high and deep to right, going back Springer to the wall. His 18th home run of the season. It's 3-0 Chicago. I mean, he's something else right now. 18th home run of the year. And for Bellinger, I mean, he wastes no time. Change up first pitch bomb. I mean, you have to be some sort of locked in to be able to do that. Change up first pitch home run. That the call from Apple TV on Friday night of the Cody Bellinger two-run homer. Really enjoyed the conversation with John Dewan that we just came out of from Baseball Info Solutions. And he was perplexed, as so many have been, to look at Cody Bellinger's success and then see his baseball savant page and see that his hard hit rate is in the 10th percentile. His average exit velocity is in just the 18th percentile. And there are some reasons for such things. Uh, Chris Kampka going to join us in a few minutes. Top of the hour, Jim Deshays from Marquee. This is Hit and Run. I'm Matt Spiegel. I'm here with you until noon. Um, What I've heard, having dug around and talked to some people within the Cubs organization, 
is that they did a mechanical thing along with Bellinger that effectively keeps his bat more level as it goes through the strike zone. And that is one of the things they worked on the spring, and they continue to just kind of make sure that that is happening. And that means that he swings and misses less, but it does sacrifice a little pop, and they're comfortable with that. So that's one thing I learned from the inside mechanically. Anecdotally, from my perspective, I see a guy who's so willing to use bat control And use all the different clubs he has in the bag, is one way to talk about it, where he's willing to go the other way. When he knows that contact has to happen with a runner at third and less than two outs, he makes sure to make contact, shortens up, does whatever he needs to do. If there's a hit and run and there's an opportunity to just poke one through a big gaping hole, He will do so. So that willingness is a decision to back off on hard contact, even if it's not that particular thought process. It's just, all right, I have to do what I have to do situationally here. And he's not just up there trying to rake every damn time, which is an awesome characteristic. So I think those two things kind of explain what's going on. Um, with uh, with Cody Bellinger. A texter says his average exit VLO is lower than most sluggers because most sluggers swing and miss a ton. They either barrel it or miss it. His superior bat-to-ball skills result in many fewer complete misses and more base hits, hence the higher OBP. I, I, I think that dovetails with exactly what we're talking about here, that they made a choice to make him, you know, with with him and with his input, more of a contact person, use the speed, use the bat control that he does have, and you'll take whatever homers you can get. This is not going to be a 40-homer guy, but maybe it's a 28-30 to homer guy who has an OPS of 941. And, folks, that'll play. Yeah, that's interesting you talk about, though, him trying to get more bat to ball because his stance just more naturally kind of gave to that high, like, launch angle kind of vibe. And you see that when he, in that 2019 season, he just kind of that uppercut. He's so big, he gets that, that that uh you know, whatever physics you want to talk about here, the uh the, the, the plane, the swing plane itself. It's an upper trajectory. Correct, so him correct. being more straight through the ball, that makes sense. Fun fact to augment that, check Cody Bellinger's launch angle. Between 2019 and 2022, up and then up some more and then up some more and then up some more. So he is a guy who who kept trying to maximize the power and hit bombs because you get paid for bombs. And of course, it's sexy to hit bombs and your team loves that and everything. Tom Verducci had pointed that out. He pointed it out in an article about left-handed hitters who would benefit from the elimination of the shift because Bellinger's a guy like Matt Olson um, who very much would benefit theoretically from the elimination of the shift uh, because some of their power and, you know, their standard lefty pull stuff that would go into a four person right side 
with the extra infielder over on that side and the outfielder coming in a little bit and that all of a sudden and the center fielder is shifted over. So your your line drives that you rake just turn into long outs when they would be doubles without a shift. That's one thing. But it, it it's what has happened psychologically to those guys that's fascinating to me. So you eliminate the shift and those guys get some more base hits. Also, it lowers their anxiety about what they feel like they need to do. No longer does Cody Bellinger or Matt Olson think that they have to use insane launch angle to get the ball in the air and hit it over the shift because it's not going to be a hit if they hit it into the shift. No longer do they have to think that. So then they just try to hit the ball hard and look what they do. They produce like crazy, whether it's Bellinger with his 941 OPS or Matt Olson with his 993 OPS and his 42 home runs. Matt Olson has 42 homers and 105 RBIs. It's Sunday morning. That means I look at the leaderboard because it harkens back to my days as a child when the newspaper would come out and there's every hitter in the game. We know who's on the leaderboard now, too. Cody Bellinger is now qualified, has enough at-bats or plate appearances to qualify for the batting title, which means you don't have to expand your search. He pops right up there. And he is sixth in Major League Baseball in OPS. Doesn't it look pretty? At 941. Luis Robert is 10th in Major League Baseball at OPS with 888. But there are only eight hitters above 900. Cody's one of those. There are two hitters above 1,000 or one point zip, zip, zip. They are Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers and Shohei Otani of the Angels. Shohei Otani still the best offensive player in the game. Or is it Ronald Acuna? Acuna's got 54 stolen bases to go with his 26 home runs. And, oh, by the way, he's third in OPS. Just stunningly great. And... It, it, it's pretty remarkable. Acuna with the 54 steals. There he is, Nico Horner, still top 10, tied for sixth with 29 stolen bases, is Nico Horner. Uh, no other Cub or Sox player on page one of the stolen base leaders. Uh, let, let's uh, pick a stat. Let's look around. What do we want to know? How about doubles? Number one in doubles, Freddie Freeman. You know who's number two in doubles in all of baseball? All of the majors, folks, it's Jamer Candelario. 35 doubles on the year between Washington and the Cubs, tied with Matt Chapman for second overall. Bellinger healthy and Candelario, has those two bats have completely changed the tenor of the Cubs lineup. And obviously Mike Talkman being there and doing what he's done has been a big thing. Left-handed run production, people. My goodness. It it was a dearth for the Cubs in the first half of the year and just an absolute huge weakness for a long time. But now with Bellinger and Candelario and Talkman, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. And how about Seiya Suzuki in the lineup against a righty for the first time since the benching on Friday night? And had a big hit, had a double, and then scored a run as the Cubs won that one. Was it 6-2? Is that our final? Or 6-1 on Friday night behind Javier Assad? I think that's what it was. Thank you. 
670, the score is where you are. Looking at runs scored, Luis Robert, 14th in baseball. Just a terrific season for Luis Robert. Meanwhile, Yuan Moncada has been hot the last three days. If you would like Sox fans to take this moment to get excited about Yuan Moncada being healthy and figuring it out, you're welcome to do so. Me, I must admit, it's very hard to do as the window has closed, as there's one more year where you have to play him because he'll be making $24 million next year. It's hard for me to get excited about. But if this is the moment that you'd like to get excited about it, you can. Pedro Grifol was talking about it, and he feels like Mancata is uh, figuring something out, and the health matters quite a bit. You know what? I'm glad you bring that up um, because – Perception sometimes uh, is reality. In this case, it's not. This guy cares more than uh, a lot of people that I've been around in this game. He works as hard as anybody in this game. He cares about his defense. He cares about his offense. He cares about winning. Um, You know, probably can't show this, but if you get here at 2 o'clock, 2.15, you'll see him in the cage working on both sides of the plate. You'll see him take ground balls with Eddie. You'll see him in there watching video. You'll see him over there working out. You'll see him go through his through his, uh, through his his rehab and his maintenance work. Um, you know, in this, in, in when it comes to Moncada, I don't really care what it looks like to people. I know the real, I know what's real. And um, this guy cares more than a lot of people think. Cares more than a lot of people think. It's tough when you have to come out and say that to people about your ball player, but but so it goes. So Pedro Grafal, feeling like Mancata, um, needs to get some shine, needs to get some love and attention. Texter points out on Bellinger, how about his line drive rate? For you know, because that can compensate if you have a good line drive rate then that can help uh, act as compensation or help to mitigate um, hard-hit profile. Well, guess what? It's a great call by you. Cody Bellinger's line drive drive rate is at 27.1. That's up five percentage points from last year and easily his best since the 2019 MVP year when he was at 29.9% uh, line drive percentage. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent call by you. Chris Kampka will get us camp connected when we come back on 670 The Score. And you got to hear a conversation, a bit of the conversation I had with Boog Shambi on my podcast, Voices of Baseball, the PBP. And I want to play it for you before we talk to Jim Deshays at the top of the hour when we're live on Marquee. So keep it here for Kampka and then a piece of Boog and then J.D. as we roll on on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Stereo MC is an essential part of my Sunday morning and hopefully yours and maybe, I think probably, that of our guy Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago, who joins us right now on the Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. What up, Mr. Kampka, sir? How are you? 
I'm swell. Um, you know, having fun here in dark days of summer, <laughs> looking for fun. <laughs> loving baseball, no matter the results. Yes, we love the we love watching it. Yes, we love watching it. We love seeing um, interesting things and and love dissecting results. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to be listening at all this hour, but um, we talked to John Dewan, one of the godfathers of really of what you do. Uh, Bill James's partner uh, at the beginning of this hour, and, and I mentioned to you at the end of the interview, I was thinking, you know, you can draw a through line from John Dewan right to Chris Kampka and and beyond. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to listen yet. I've been working on the show, but uh, yeah, I saw that in the tweet earlier this morning. He was going to be on there. Like, oh man, I, I'm going to go back and definitely check out that podcast when it's up. Yeah, because I. I I'm really interested to see what he said. Yeah, um, it, but but it's then we started talking about Cody Bellinger, and we've been digging into what is interesting about Cody Bellinger's season. We just talked about that for a while, but I know that's one of the things on your docket for today is to talk about his career a little bit. Yeah, he's had a career that we've never seen before, and let me explain. You know, back in 2019, I believe it was hit 305. 2019, yeah, MVP year. 305. And in 2021, he hit 165. I'm like, how many guys have had a season of at least 300 at bats that hit under 370 or hit under 170 in the season? Hmm. And, and I found a list of since 1876, there's, there's 21 seasons by 20 different players. And the thing is about Bellinger, the only other guy to have any 300 seasons of minimum 300 at bats on that list is a guy named Jack Burdock, who is one of the premier second basemen of the 19th century. If you pull up a picture, it's like, how am I comparing this man to Cody Bellinger? It's just one of those oddities. Wow. But the thing is with Bellinger, he had a 305 season in 2019. Then he hit 165 in 2021. But Bellinger is, he's hitting 331 now. It's a very, very good chance he's going to hit 300 again this year. He'll have that after the 165 season because Burdock back in 1888 hit 142 and that was the end of the road for him. (laughs) (laughs) So his 330 season came in 1893 or 1883, 1883. Oh yeah. Get it it right. Get it right. Cause those Burdock fans out there, they will find you. They will find you Kampka. Yeah, so he hit 142 in 1888, five years after hitting 330. Bellinger hit 165. He's going to hit 300 after that. That's Man, amazing. That is amazing. It, it's the bounce back is unreal. I mean, it's just a magical season for him. Yeah, it really is. And the bounce back is so unique and so cool. Um, all right, let's let's get to the White Sox. This this crazy season. I've seen you document this before. They are 0 and 11 when their pitching staff strikes out at least 14. That doesn't make right. any sense to me. So when, when their pitchers dominate and miss bats, they, they are 0-11. How does that happen? It's just a colossal fluke. Let me just say it. Because you're not going to say, all right, then stop striking guys out. No, you're not going to say that. It's just a big <laughs> fluke. I mean, honestly, they've been outscored 53-30 to 30 in those games. So, wow. you know, the offense just hasn't come around but just conveniently on days where the pitching goes nuts. Wow. It's just think about this. They're 0-11 when they strike out at least 14. Last year, they were 12-4. Hmm. All time, they're 
not counting this year, all time through 2022, they're 96 and 42. That's a 696 winning percentage. <laughs> the rest of the major leagues this season, okay, without the White Sox, 128 and 52. That's 711. It is, it is a fluke that is completely unexplainable. It, it, you figure at least one or the two of these games it win, but it didn't. Wow. And it's just like you can't even put anything behind it. It's just such a outlier weirdo season that aside from the White Sox, the rest of the league is playing 7-11 ball when they strike out at least 14 in the game. Wow. The White Sox are 0-11. That is, it makes no sense. That is a crazy that is a crazy fluke of sequencing, as the kids like to say, where the offense just hasn't shown up when the pitching has dominated. Uh, Chris, you're the goods. Um, thank you so much. Have a great week and appreciate you as always, my man. All right. Thanks, Speaks. Good to be there. All right. You got it. It's Chris Kampka joining us. Um, J- uh, Jim Deshaies is going to join us at the top of the hour. But I want you to hear this first. From my podcast, The PBP, Voices of Baseball had Boog Shambi on this week, and I strongly recommend the whole conversation. If you're a Cubs fan um, who feels a certain way about Boog, uh, get get to know him a little better and listen to the podcast. Here's the very beginning of it when he tells me this story about what him and Jim Deshays do sometimes in the booth at Marquee. So my partner, Jim Deshays, you're familiar with his work. I am. Big fan. He likes to test the wind at Wrigley Field. By throwing a Jim Deshays baseball card out of the booth. Which is amazing. I've never heard that as yes. a thing that any analyst has done. He's got a big stack of his own cards. That's correct. <laughs> but it's, he doesn't waste them. It's not a wasteful exercise. It's one a game, maybe two. So for the most part, they land right below us. And they come fluttering down and someone reaches for it. And then they look at it kind of like it's raining frogs and then they look back up at the booth and sometimes we wave and sometimes we ignore them and then that confuses them and what is he learning at this point he's learning what the wind is doing right in front of the booth but wrigley's insane so it could be going matt he's learning nothing it's an exercise that's fun for both of us and i enjoy it really have enjoyed it since year one anyway so earlier this year um the Cubs are playing the Mariners. Now, J.D., for the most part, it'll make it <clears throat> down below. Sometimes it'll make it to the lower level. That's one where you watch the people and they find the card and it freaks them out. They don't understand what's happening. Also, Taylor McGregor found a Jim Deshaies card by like a mustard dispenser on the concourse <laughs> at one point. That's another story. Yeah, I'm getting a real Magnolia raining frogs vibe here. Yes. So anyway... That's the that is the reference, by the way. So um, it's not the Bible. Uh, okay, so we're playing the Mariners. It's the game that Kelnick hits one seven thousand feet. I think my home run call was just oh, <laughs> and the ball was flying. And so, unlike most games where he'll do it pregame, he decides to test the wind in the third inning. And it makes it onto the field in fair territory. (laughs) And we are beside ourselves. He does it between innings. And we're like, what do we do? Should we show it? Are we going to get in trouble? If we show it, we might get in trouble. We can't put the camera on it. We kind of need to put the camera on it. How did it get all the way out there? That's amazing. And so we just keep talking about it. 
but we can't. We're not sure what to do. And then the game starts to go on, and then we forget about the card because <laughs> you're doing a ball game. That's there's, right. There's six more innings. We're busy. We're busy. <laughs> so post game, mm-hmm. I get a text with a picture. And it's from Scott Service. Be the manager. The of manager the- of the Mariners. And it says, hey, when I was going to take George Kirby out, I looked down just inside the foul line, and this was there. So I picked it up. I looked at it. I knew we were in good shape once I saw it was a JD card, and I put it in my pocket. Oh, God, I love that. Jim Deshaies, former teammate of Scott Service. J.D. will join us next on Hit and Run. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.